Hi everybody, welcome back to Awesome Sauce. This is the third episode. We had the, the one episode which was Awesome Sauce News about the raccoon. Yeah. Which was kind of awesome. <laughs> um, so today's, I'm Doug Gonnerman by the way. My name's Connor Gonnerman. Yeah, and he is my son and we are the hosts of Awesome Sauce. And today's episode is about a topic that I think is very interesting. What is it about today, Connor? Time travel. Time travel, right. And by the way, I need to correct one thing. In the very first episode, I said that I was not going to share the topics with you, and I wanted it to be a surprise. But I think I've decided to let us both kind of find our own information about it and talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do. So anyway, so today's episode is about time travel. So when we look up at the stars at night, Rue. Yeah. With a naked eye, do you know how far away those stars are? Far. Four light years? I don't know. No, they're 4,000 light years away from Earth. So what we're seeing basically is those, that's as they appeared 4,000 years ago is what that basically means. So we're seeing the stars as they were way back then, right? Mm-hmm. So we are, in effect, looking back into the past, right? Yeah. Exactly. So the question is, we can see it, but can we travel back in time or forward? That's what this episode is going to discuss. So time travel has for a long time fascinated humans. Time travel was referenced in poems as long as 2000 years ago. But really what started it, the fascination, you know, humans fascination with it is H.G. Wells. Have you ever heard of H.G. Wells? No. Yeah. Prolific uh, sci-fi writer. So he writes science fiction novels. Well, he, he wrote one in 1895 called The Time Machine, which had time travel in it. Now, ever since then, it's been an, an explosion of it in science fiction books, movies, everything. Some of the movies, I'm curious to see if you've heard any of these. Can you name any movies that have time travel? Do you know? I was wondering if you'd seen any of these or not. Science. You don't know? Back to the Future. Yes. And that's all. Back to the Future, what? And that's all I oh, know. Oh, that's it. Okay, so there's Planet of the Apes, Superman. Oh, yeah. Remember, because he goes, he goes, spins around the planet. And Time Bandits, The Terminator, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Groundhog Day, Hot Tub Time Machine, X-Men, there's just a few. Oh, yeah, um, Groundhog's Day. So you've seen Groundhog's Day? Yeah. Lots of times? No. Oh, it's just the ones. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, so yeah, so we have all these movies. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure how hot tub time machine made that list. There's a lot of better movies than that. But anyways, humans have always been fascinated with time travel, right? Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is traveling forward in time. Okay. Cause that's easier. Do you think that we're traveling in time right now? Maybe we are. So on earth, you know, the earth is hurtling through space at about 67,000 miles per hour, which sounds impressive, but it's nowhere near the speed of light, which is 168,000 miles per second. So we're nowhere close to the speed of light, right? But we're hurtling through space. So on Earth, we're, we're heading towards the future. That's why every year we pass through time and space, right? And we yeah. have birthdays and all that stuff. So we're traveling through at one second per second. But I know that's not the type of space travel we're talking about. We're talking about can we travel like 50 years in the future or yeah. 50? hundred years in the future. So that's what we're talking about. 
So this is something, a quote that I got from somewhere. While the debate continues over whether traveling into the past is possible, physicists have determined that traveling to the future most certainly is. And you don't need a wormhole or a DeLorean to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, r- real quick, wormhole definition is it's a hypothetical shortcut between two greatly separated regions of space. So it's a little wormhole. It's theoretical. Yeah. Nobody knows if it actually exists. Albert Einstein's theory of relativity <laughs> says time and motion are relative to each other and nothing can go faster than the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second. So he was the first to realize that time is not constant, as previously believed, but instead slows down as you move through space. Does that make sense? No. All right, so I'm going to give you some examples in just a second. But basically, we're moving at a certain speed here on Earth, right? Yeah. And I'm going to give you an example of this in a second. But if you get on a rocket and you go out to space and you're traveling super fast... If you come back, your watch is going to be different than my watch. You will encounter time slower, even though you're going faster. So right there, that proves. So let's imagine that you just flew up into space. So like the Buzz Lightyear movie. He, he, so he goes on a trip into space around the sun and back to his planet. And for him, it was four seconds. And when he gets back to his home planet, it was four years. Yes, that's a perfect example. I don't know why that movie wasn't on the list. That should have made the list, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool, but that's exactly right. And so they've proven right there, you're going someplace right here on Earth, whatever you're doing while I was going up into space, or did I put you into space? I don't remember. What? I think you went into space yeah. in my example. Okay, so you, you're, you're hurtling into space. Mm-hmm. I'm probably sitting in Starbucks drinking a coffee. Yeah. We both experience, we feel like it's the same amount of time, right? On our watches. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say, you know, hypothetically, we did this for five hours. I went into space for five hours. and No, I'm here. Sorry. And you went into space for five hours. Yeah. And so we should theoretically look at our watches and it'd be the same amount of time, right? That's not what happened. Yeah. Because you were going so fast in space, time slows down. And so the fact that you can take time... In that space and separate them. It's pretty interesting, right? That means right there that time travel forward is possible. Okay, so time travel happens through what's called time dilation, which Mm -hmm. means, according to life science, is how one's perception of time is different from another depending on their motion or where they are. So, in in other words, that example that I gave with you and me, our our, our, um, perception of time is different. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, time dilation. Scientists have done some experiments to show that it is true and it does happen. Similar to the example I just gave you, they did an airplane experiment. There was an experiment that used two clocks set to the exact same time. One clock stayed on Earth while the other flew in an airplane going the same direction Earth rotates. After the airplane flew around the world, scientists compared the two clocks. The clock on the fast-moving airplane was behind the clock on the ground. Again, so that's showing the faster you go. Slower time happens. Do you know how much time it was different by? Not much. It's oh. a good question. And the reason it was not much is I think it'd be coming up because, well, yeah, I'm going to answer that question in just a second. Okay. Yeah, because you have to be going close to the speed of light to actually make a significant difference in the amount of time that's passing. So um, 
So that's time dilation. Oh, actually, here it is right here. So why isn't humanity succeeding in making such drastic leaps forward in time? The answer to this question comes down to velocity. In order for humanity to send a travel years into the future, we'd either have to take advantage of the intense gravitational acceleration caused by black holes or send the traveler rocketing into space at close to the speed of light. So you have to do one of those things. When it talks about black hole, do you know what a black hole is? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give a definition here. It's a region of space having a gravitational field so intense that no matter of radiation or radiation can escape. That means it consumes everything that goes into it, right? So it's just a black hole. So they're saying you could kind of fly a rocket around that and then be spun out at a super fast speed. Mm-hmm. So... Why don't, while we don't accelerate humans to near light speed, we do send them swinging around the planet at 175,000 miles per hour, right? Yeah. So, aboard the International Space Station. That's how fast it's moving. Astronaut Scott Kelly was born after his twin brother and fellow astronaut Mark Kelly. Scott Kelly spent 520 days in orbit. Yeah. While Mark, his brother, logged only 54. The difference in the speed at which they experience time over the course of their lifetime has actually widened the age gap between the two men. So they're not... As a matter of fact, the younger brother... Is now older? Yes. He's older. It's weird, huh? Yeah. But that's, a, that's, one, that's an example. Another example of time dilation, you know, we have GPS satellites that allow us to kind of, you know, yeah. use GPS in our cars. They also give us our time on our, our clocks, on our phones, I mean. So, GPS satellites with atomic clocks, this effect cuts seven microseconds or seven millionths of a second off of each day. And while that seems small, if you added that yeah. up day after day, it's going to be like we're going to have, number one, our directions will be wrong, GPS, because everything's kind of off. So, that means in order to maintain the accuracy needed to pinpoint your car or phone, engineers must account for an extra 38 microseconds in each satellite's day. The atomic clocks on board don't tick over to the next day until they have run 38 microseconds longer than comparable clocks on Earth. So they run off the extra time every day. Yeah. Um, okay, so in conclusion, uh, Dr. Anna Alonso Serrano, a researcher at the Max Planck Institute for Gravitational Physics in Germany, said, explained the possibility of time travel and how researchers test theory. Space and time are not absolute values, Alonso Serrano said. And what makes this all more complex is that you're able to carve space-time. Space-time is the concept of time and three-dimensional space regarded as fused. Have you ever seen like those, those pictures where they show like a black hole and they have all these lines around it? No. Okay. Because they, they think it's more like kind of a fabric, if you will. It's almost like and when you take a planet... And, and, you, and it's on this fabric. It's almost like if you took a bowling ball and put it on a um, trampoline. So it makes it go down. Yeah. So that's what they think the planets do. And it creates this kind of orbital stuff, you know, this gravity. Anyway, in the moment you carve the space time, you can play with curvature to make that time come in a circle and make a time machine, Serrano said. So again, she's saying that it's possible. Okay, so... Now for the more difficult thing, okay. traveling back in time. If you could travel back in time, 
where do you think, what do you, would you want to do? Would you want to go to a place in history or like a time when you were younger or? History. Yeah. So when, when would you want? Don't say dinosaurs. No. Because you probably wouldn't last long. I think, well, I don't know. You know, we'd really need to give this some thought, wouldn't we? Because part of me says, my favorite part of my life was when I was a kid and I used to go to Kentucky for summers and I'd run around up there. Um, Going to caves and all that stuff. So I could go back to that time in my life. Yeah. But if you could go back to any point in history. Yeah, I think we'd have to give that some thought. I don't know. Um, So I'm going to start off the traveling back in time with... A story because I think it's kind of interesting. Have you ever heard of Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he is like a, a theoretical sci- theoretical physicist. Sorry. <clears throat> in 2009, he came up with an amusing way to test the theory of traveling back in time. So Hawking held a champagne party, but he only advertised it after it happened. Yeah. So his reasoning was that if time machines eventually become practical, someone in the future might read about the party and travel back to attend it. Now, a lot, I have a lot of questions. Like, where did he advertise this thing? How did he advertise it? But do you think anybody showed up to this party? No. Nobody showed up to it. Hawking sat the whole night, whole evening on his own, enjoying his own champagne. So that doesn't prove that time travel is impossible, though, but it could suggest that it never becomes commonplace, at least here on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, and before we actually get in nuts and bolts again, I wanted to, you've seen Back to the Future, you said. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen I it? I know what it's about, though. Um, so, I wanted to show you, and I brought this. All right. That's the, the, the car, car they use for the, so you've seen it, right? You've seen the yeah. car before? That's the DeLorean, right? So, I just want to give you a couple interesting little tidbits about this movie and this car specifically. So the DeLorean in the movie has been retrofitted with this flux capacitor. I don't know what that is. The car requires 1.21 gigawatts gigawatts of power and needs to travel 88 miles per hour to initiate time travel. Here's the interesting thing. I know 88 miles per hour. I wonder why they chose that. Because it seems like, you know, you'd make it like, I guess maybe they didn't want to have people out on the roads trying it. Well, 88's still pretty fast. It's still pretty fast, but it's not 120. Yeah. You know, so maybe, and maybe this, the rest of this will kind of, maybe it is they were just trying to be safe because originally when they wrote this movie, wrote the script for this movie, the time machine was a time chamber. Okay. It's a room that Marty would go into and be zapped back in time. So after that, though, it was made, Say they said that's boring. So, you know what it was next? What? I don't know. I've never heard this before. I saw this movie back in whatever it was, 85. I think it was 85, maybe 86. And they changed it to a 1950s style refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny, too. You don't know how it works. Yeah. He would actually climb into the refrigerator and then be transported back in time. The refrigerator, the whole refrigerator would be transported back in time. (laughs) 
lots of questions. Yeah. Like, do they have food in there? You know, <laughs> as he's traveling. But anyway, not many people know that. So the reason that idea was scrubbed is because Zemeckis and Spielberg directors mm-hmm. said they were they became worried about children climbing into refrigerators and be, and becoming trapped. Yeah. So that's when they went and started looking for a car. And that was Zemeckis that had the idea. He said, you know what, we should use a car because it'd be more mobile, involved in a lot more exciting scenes. Here's the funny thing about that. So you, yeah. you've heard of, you know, the Ford Mustang. Mm-hmm. If you could make this movie, if you could change it, not make it the DeLorean, would you make it the Ford Mustang? Maybe. Maybe. Because Ford was willing to pay Zemeckis and Spielberg to have that time traveling car be a Ford Mustang. They would. And they said, no, thank you. And they went to DeLorean and said, we'll pay you. To let us use your DeLorean. It's a true story. So they did. That's how it became to be the DeLorean. Okay. So let's get to it because time traveling back in time is a difficult thing. But here's what I'm going to say. Einstein proposed that time travel into the past could be achieved through something he dubbed an Einstein-Rosen bridge, which is a type of wormhole. Wormholes are theoretical areas of space-time that are warped in a way that connects two distant points. We've already talked about that. So Einstein's equation suggested this bridge in space could hypothetically connect two points in time if it were stable enough. Even if it was stable, it would require other physics, which we just don't have right now. We don't understand. Have you ever heard of something called the grandfather paradox? Did we talk about it? Maybe. Yeah, I think we talked about it. So there are lots of problems with traveling back in time. The most common used problem is the grandfather paradox which it basically says what happens if you go back in time kill your grandfather before your father father was born if you are successful how is it possible that you're alive to kill your grandfather in the first place it doesn't make sense right it's like it just Mm -hmm. doesn't compute so I will say though a recent study I found this a recent study at the University of Queensland it says researchers proved mathematically that paradox-free time travel is possible. So that paradox we just talked about, the grandfather paradox, it said that it showed that the universe will self-correct to avoid consistencies. So if this is true, then even if we could travel back in time, we could never be able to alter events to create a different future. It's always going to correct itself. I would like to see that evidence that they prove that, but that's what it says. It says research proved mathematically so anyway so but there are lots of scientists that have ideas about how you could travel back in time there's one called the infinite cylinder theory astronomer frank tipler proposed a mechanism that would that could take matter that is 10 times the sun's mass roll it into a very long but dense cylinder after spinning this black hole spaghetti he called it a few billion revolutions per minute a spaceship nearby following a very precise spiral around the cylinder could travel backward in time on a closed time-like curve, according to the Anderson Institute. I don't know. These things are all theoretical. They sound weird. When I read that, I'm like, if you could take matter that is 10 times the sun's mass and roll it into a cylinder? Yeah. 
I don't even understand. I don't understand what he's saying. All right. So the major problem for that idea is that uh, for the Tipler cylinder to become reality, the cylinder would need to be infinitely long or be made of some unknown kind of matter. So at least for the foreseeable future, endless interstellar pasta is beyond our reach. Mm. Here's one I like, though. There's another one called Time Donuts. Theoretical physicist Amos Ori at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology in Haifa, Israel, proposed a model for a time machine made out of curved space-time. So again, space-time is like that weave that they think space is actually made of. And it's a a donut-shaped vacuum surrounded by a sphere of normal matter. Again, I don't know what that... (laughs) That doesn't add clarity to me. The machine is space-time itself, or he told Live Science, if we're able to create an area with a warp like this in space that would enable timelines to close on themselves, it might enable future generations to return to visit our time. So they're talking about taking time and looping it around so that it goes in a donut shape so that way we could travel back yeah. in time. I don't know. I like donuts, so mm-hmm. I'm pulling for that one. It says there are a few caveats to Ori's time machine. First, visitors to the past would be able, wouldn't be able to travel to times earlier than the invention and construction of the time donut. Second, and more importantly, the invention and construction of this machine would depend on our ability to manipulate gravitational fields at will, a feat that may be theoretically possible, but it's certainly beyond our immediate reach. So we started this section with a quote from Hawking, Stephen Hawking, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to end it with a quote from Stephen Hawking. In his book, Black Holes and Baby Universes, he says, the best evidence we have that time travel into the past is not possible and never will be is that we have not been invaded by hordes of tourists from the future. That might be kind of true, actually. I don't know. It seems like you would see some evidence of it, right? Or time's not interesting enough. Ooh. Ah. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> so what do you think about all this? So time travel forward, yes. But if you go forward, even if we could go forward 50 or 100 years, you're not going back. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and, right. Well, at least for the immediate future. So what do you think about all this, though? Is it pretty cool? I mean, yeah. is there any of this that you're gonna that's going to stick with you? What did you think was the most interesting part? Um, like thing where you can't go back and like if you kill your grandpa. Oh, the the grandfather yeah. paradox. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, that's something that they talk about as being a reason why you, there is no such thing as traveling back in time. What about the DeLorean though? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you still? I think I look at the DeLorean. And I still think it's a cool car. Do you agree? Yeah. Still, even today, without the flux capacitor. All right, so I guess that's it. I, I think in conclusion, I would say time travel forward, entirely possible. Time travel backward. Maybe. In theory, some scientists are saying, it, yeah, it should be possible, but it involves a lot of stuff that we don't know about, don't understand, uh, a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to us for sure. <laughs> and so, yeah. But it's possible. It's possible. So we'll have to wait and see, right? All right, so that is it for this episode of Awesome Sauce. Uh, tune in next time. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. Goodbye.